0: Welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. So, somebody tell me what goes on on a Wednesday night outside of church? I have no idea. going to church for Wednesday nights for 35 years. We know, we, we've probably been out of town on a Wednesday night or something, but it's just so cool to have good habits in your life. So as the are receiving the offering, um, I want to just give you a little preliminary of what we're going to talk about tonight. So I was praying and seeking the Lord, going over last week's notes about praying always. The scriptures talk about praying always, and we analyzed ourselves last week and asked us if we're doing that and how do we know how to do it and all. But as I was seeking the Lord about prayer, I really felt like the Lord said, go to certain scriptures about prayer that really are, are, are quick, have been quickened to you on the inside. So we're going to call tonight's message, our mini-message, before we start praying on uh, profound scriptures on prayer. Scriptures that will, like, blow the normal person away. Really? Oh, that can't be. That's too good to be true. No way. Yahweh. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. So I want to go to what I believe are some of the most profound scriptures in the Bible on prayer. Scriptures that you have to take a double look at. You know, like, did that really just say that? Is that really going to happen if I do what the Bible said? So let's look at a few profound scriptures on prayer. The first one that comes to my mind is John 15, John chapter 15. And I want you to notice verse 7, and we'll read a couple other verses after that. But Look at John 15. This is actually the teachings of the Lord Jesus. So how much more powerful can you get when it comes to teachings on prayer? So you ready for a wow scripture on prayer? for, For a wow scripture? You ready? Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Next verse, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. In other words, God is glorified when we get answers to our prayers. This is one of the main reasons why we shouldn't give up just because of a little time delay. Delayed prayer is not denied prayer. It just means there's... Things happening that we need to stand in faith against and believe it's still working when it looks like it's not working. All right, church, look, look, look. Look at these scriptures. Go back to verse 7. Jesus said, if, if. Remember we talked about if you do this, you'll see that. Not if everybody else gets their act together, life will be great. No, if we do certain things, life will be great. And I'm so glad for that because you may not get your act together when I need you. But if I do certain things, I'm going to be a okay. So take the pressure off of people. Just do what the Lord told you to do and you're going to have a wonderful life. And for sure, quit blaming other people for your problems. That's so immature. As Christians, right? Yeah, but they did me wrong. Well, God will do you right. If you just stay in love and don't freak out and try to take things into your own hands. Now, church, look at this. What a powerful scripture. Do you see this? If you abide in me, could we say if if you're a believer and you're living for the Lord, you know, he's not just part of your life. He is your life. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. All right. That doesn't mean you don't do other things. Doesn't mean you have other things in your life, but he's always with you. You're always aware of his presence. You're always there. Right. He says, if you abide in me and," And this is the part that answers a lot of questions why certain things don't work right for certain people because they are Christians. They are are being nice. They're they're doing their best to do what God wants them to do. But if the second part's not in there, we can't claim the end part. If you abide in me, Jesus said, and, and what? My words words abide in you. Are, Are God's words living in you? Are they there when you're making decisions every day of your life and you know you've got scriptures for this, you've got scripture? Is God's word living in us or is it just kind of in the back seat? If we ever need it, we'll call upon it. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want, Jesus said, and it'll be done unto you. Now, the cool thing about this is if God's words are abiding in you, you're not going to ask for flaky things. If God's words are abiding in you, your prayer life is going to work great because you're not going to want something that's going to pull you away from the Lord. You're not going to want something that he doesn't want for you. Now, that, don't, don't think that limits this. Listen, I mean, yes, there's some limitations because there's some things that people ask for that they shouldn't even be asking for, like another person's spouse or, or 10 million oil wells, things way beyond their faith or whatever. But there's a lot of things the Lord wants for us. You just have to find out what they are. Somebody tell me a couple of things that you know the Lord wants for everybody. Health. Healing and health. What else? Prosperity. Prosperity. What else? Just let somebody else answer. You're you're getting two stars. What else? No, I'm kidding. What else? Peace. What else is God's will? Strength. Strength. What? Love. Yeah. And and really, when it comes to love, the cool thing about love is that we already have His love. What we need is a revelation of how powerful that love is. Wisdom. Right. Wisdom. The Bible says, "If any man lack wisdom, ask of God. He gives to all men freely and does not upbraid and it'll be given to him." Yeah. What I mean, you can go on. What else does God want for us? He just this is the fun part. You get to go to the book and find out all these wonderful things the Lord wants you to have, and you can start asking for them, yeah. claiming them, believing for them, and not giving up. Yeah. Isn't this a profound scripture? I mean, you see, this blows most religious people's minds. Don't tell me you can ask God for something. He'll give you whatever you want. I'm not telling you that. Jesus told you that. Right? Put it back on the screen. Preacher, don't you tell me that people can ask God for anything they want. I didn't say that. Jesus said if we abide in him and his words abide in us, we ask whatever we want and it'll be given unto us. Herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. He's talking about prayer fruit. Getting results to prayer. You know, we've grown up in a world and in our lives, we, I think it's been ingrained in us. and so we have to watch out about this, that prayer works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't work. That's unscriptural. If we pray right, it always works. If we pray right, it always works. Now, the problem here is a lot of people want a lot of things. But they don't want to take the time for his words to start abiding in them. Well, that's it's very frustrating to want something that the Lord says you can have, but not do what he said so you could have it. It's very frustrating to say, Lord, I want this, I want that, but I don't want your words abiding in me. Well, it's very hard to claim the scripture if you don't qualify. Right. And so this is one of the first things we learned. Brother Hagin always started off in the morning meetings, almost always, on, on winter Bible seminar. Every morning he would teach on prayer and he would always go to this scripture. And then he goes to some other ones on a regular basis until it got really deep into the people. But can you think, I mean, how powerful is this? If you abide in me, Jesus said, and my words abide in you. He didn't say, ask what the Lord wants you to have and he'll give it to you. He said, ask whatever you will. See, that sounds real religious, right? I'll ask whatever the Lord wants and he'll give it to me if it's his will. Scripture for that, please. He said, if you, we abide in him and his words abide in us. We can actually ask whatever we want and it'll be given to us and done for us. And God is glorified. Well, if God's glorified when we get answers to prayers, then he must not be glorified when we pray and don't get results. Not getting results in our prayer life is more serious than we've thought. You know, every time you pray a prayer and you don't receive what you're supposed to receive and you don't get what you asked for and and the prayer didn't work, It confuses you and it builds doubt in you that prayer isn't always answered. Prayer doesn't always work. I'd rather not pray than to pray and not get an answer. Because at least when you're not praying, you can't say prayer doesn't work. Now, we all know that there's about seven different kinds of prayer and different rules govern those different kinds of prayer. Most of us know this. If you read through the New Testament, there's about seven different kinds of prayer and different rules that govern each prayer. And a lot of people mix up the rules and they don't get any results in prayer either. And we can talk a little bit about that in these teachings as well. But one of, the, one of the rules of uh, prayer in this area is you got to have his words abiding. You can't just be a saved, nice Christian. You're going to have to make sure his words are also abiding in you. And then ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Is that a profound scripture on prayer or what? Yes. Ask whatever I want. Yeah, ask whatever you want. Let's go to another profound scripture on prayer. Go to Mark chapter 11. Verse 24. Mark 11, 24. The Lord told me if I would be open to fresh revelation on scriptures that I've read a thousand times, He said He'd give me more fresh revelation beyond what I had previously. I've probably read this scripture a thousand times. And I'm believing for more revelation every time I read it. Jesus said, Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive those things you desire when you pray, and you shall have them. Let me tell you how religion reads this verse. you ready? Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, If it's God's will that you have it, it, you shall have them. See, you've already settled God's will before a prayer like this. You've already found scriptures. You already know what he wants. You're laying hold on something. And, And a lot of people read this, well, okay, whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them. Actually, they read it like this. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe God will give them to you. That's not what he said. Do you realize the Lord's already given us a ton of blessings? And it's not a matter of getting him to give. It's a matter of us taking and receiving. This is where a lot of the church is messed up. They're not taking anything. They're waiting for God to bring everything to them on a pillow when they say it's his will. Jesus said, hey, I provided all kinds of good things for y'all. Learn to pray in faith and learn to take into your life what I've already provided for you. We need to sometimes be a little more aggressive in our prayer life against doubt, against bad church teaching that says, well, you know, if it's God's will, he may, he may give you that. Once you read the will and find out if he's already given it to you. He's already given us a lot of things that people just don't know about, so they're not receiving it. They're still asking God for it. Well, notice here, it says, I, now, well, I've always told you in this church, if you ever find a therefore in a verse, the word therefore, back up a few verses and find out what that therefore is there for. Right. So if you look at verse 22, Jesus is actually responding to Peter when he's talked about the fig tree that the Lord spoke to, dried up from the roots, and Peter was like, wow, Lord, what is going on here? And Jesus said in verse 22, have faith in God. So it all starts with faith in God. He said, for truly I say unto you that whosoever, in other words, he's saying this doesn't just happen for me, the Son of God. This can happen to anybody made in the image and likeness of God, which is everybody on the planet. I say to you that whosoever shall open his mouth and say something. Sometimes you pray, sometimes you say. Walk close enough with the Lord to know which and when. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Whoever shall say to this mountain. Power to move a mountain. Be removed, mountain, and you be cast into the sea. That's it. If you don't doubt in your heart, but this person believes that those things which God says. No, those things which he says. Shall come to pass. Jesus said he will have whatever he says. And then he says, therefore. Now, when it comes to prayer, you can get results through saying and you can get results through praying. Are you listening? If you believe. You got to believe that your words are going to come to pass and you got to believe that the prayer is being answered. So he says now, therefore, therefore, because you will have what you say. Therefore, because whatever you believe in your heart and say with your mouth, you will have what you say. Take this in the area of prayer. One of the things the Lord, I believe, is saying here is now that you're getting ready to pray. Therefore, I say unto you what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, which we already found out. If you want to receive what you're believing for, you got to talk right. We just found that out in the previous verse. If you want to believe and receive what you're praying for, you're going to have to talk right. Because the Bible says, believe a thing in your heart and say it with your mouth, you'll have whatever you say. Here's an interesting thought. You can pray a wonderful prayer for something the Lord wants you to have and totally mess up that prayer by talking like it's not working after you're done praying. Because Jesus said, if you believe it's not working and you talk like it's not working, your good prayer won't work for you. So you got to watch out about praying One way and talking another way. That's why we like to say in these these meetings on Wednesday night regularly, talk like your prayers are working. Talk like your prayers are working. Why? Because you want them to come to pass, don't you? Talk like your prayers are working. Don't just pray and wait and see what might happen. Man, have it settled before you even pray. I found scriptures. This is the will of God. I'm standing forever if I have to. We need to take prayer a little more serious. Another prayer failure will hurt your faith. We don't need hurt faith. We want strong faith. Prayer works. God didn't lie. Things are happening, whether it seems like it or not. And think about this again. So, what, what, Can you think of anything this one verse in verse 24 can't fix? Let's read it again. Put it up on the screen. If you can think of anything that this verse can't fix... I want you to speak out to me after we're done reading it. Jesus said, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive those things you desire when you pray. Believe you receive them when you pray. Believe you receive them when you pray. Release your faith when you pray. And Jesus said, you shall have them. Can we read it like this? If you desire healing when you pray, believe you receive healing and you shall have what? Healing. Healing. Prosperity, strength, wisdom, help, peace, deliverance. You know, sometimes I think we need to talk a little bit more about deliverance in this time because we know a lot about healing. We know a lot about miracles. I think we're living in a day and age right now where people need some deliverance. You know what I mean by that? People say, well, I just can't help myself. This is just the way I was born. I just can't help myself. You might need deliverance because if it's against the word of God, (laughs) then you might need deliverance. Most people can help themselves. They just don't want to. So they probably really don't need deliverance. They just probably need to grow a little bit. But if somebody is truly bound to the point where they can't get free from something that God says they need to walk free from, they might need deliverance. And the Bible talks about deliverance. The Bible talks about healing. And the Bible talks about miracles. We need them all today. Let's face it. So I can't think of anything this verse can't fix. A troubled mind. A deformed child. Brain tumor. Hmm? Mental problems. Insanity? Epidemic? Incurable diseases? I can't think of anything this can't fix. Can you? So I was thinking one time, what if, what if Jesus walked right through the wall, right now while I'm talking, just walked through the wall and stood in front of the whole congregation and came up to each individual in this congregation and said these words, Ashton, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. What would you do? When we take scripture that serious, as if Jesus walked into our bedroom, walked into our living room, sat in the car seat next to us as we're driving and and said something. How would you treat that word? Would you just go, well, Lord, I'll try. <laughs> Triers don't get a whole lot. I mean, this is how we have to see the scripture. That this is Jesus talking to us. Whatever you desire, Hans, when you pray, believe you receive him, you'll have him. Who said that? The king of kings and lord of lords who never could lie and never has lied. Right. Whatever you desire, when you pray, maybe you have a missing Organ. And maybe you want that organ replaced, right? Maybe you don't want to have to be on medication all your life. Maybe you want to be free in it. Maybe you want to run again. Maybe you want to eat certain foods again. What things soever you desire. When you pray, believe you receive that thing you desire. When When do we believe? When you pray, way before you see it, way before you feel a difference. When do you believe? When do you believe you receive? Before you have. Okay, here's another question. When do you have healing? After you believed you received it. You take, you, you've taken it by faith into your heart. You've reached out with the invisible hand of faith and pulled something into your life. And on the inside, you said, I got it. Because my father told me. I got it. He, he, he said this was mine. I asked him for it. And I shall have it because Jesus said I shall have it. So let me, let me ask you a question. When are you supposed to believe you receive healing? Right? When you pray, but also before you have it in manifestation. You have it spiritually, but you don't have it in the body yet. But Jesus said, if you believe you have it spiritually, you will have it physically if you don't quit. And this is another area. When you go back to the scripture during the offering, you don't want to faint in this. The devil will try to get you to faint, give up, because the only way a scripture like this doesn't work for us when we act on it is if we give up. The devil's not so big and bad. If he was so big and bad, none of us would be here. He's constantly trying to get us to give up and quit on what God said works. And if we don't, the only way, the only way you and I lose the race is if we stop and quit. Your sins can't stop you from winning, uh, winning the race. You can repent and get back up and believe God for forgiveness. Your immaturity can't stop you. Your mistakes can't stop you. Other people can't stop you. And the devil can't stop you. The only way we will not break the tape at the finish line is if he, the, the devil, can get us to quit. That's the only way we lose. You don't have to have a perfect track rate. You don't have to be super mature. You don't have to be super this or that. If you just don't quit, You'll win. So what's the devil trying to do? Trying to get us to quit every day. So you like that scripture on prayer? I can't think of anything Mark eleven twenty four cannot fix. Turn to one we look at a lot here on, on Wednesday nights. Turn with me, to please, to 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. I just got a couple, well, a few more here. These are profound scriptures on prayer. Do you like these scriptures, guys? <laughs> me too. 2 Chronicles seven fourteen. Second Chronicles 7.14 You ready? So the Lord said, if the people ever get off into sin, if his people ever veer off of his plan and start messing up, he said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. Now, this is so profound. Think about this. If God's people ever get off into wickedness and wicked ways and sin and pride, he said there's still hope. I'll bring you up. I'll bring you out. Amen. See, God's not like men. Men will disqualify you in a minute. Yeah. Say you can never do that again. You can't stand. Might as well get under the bed and hide. You flaky thing. You 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 sinner scuzzball. Whatever whatever. But God says no. If you flake out, if you start getting involved in twisted ways, wicked means twisted. You know, twisting the truth to bend to to to, to your desires or whatever. He said, if you ever get off and you want help. Humble yourself. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Now, God said that the healing of our land is up to us doing something. Right. It's not up to the world. It's not up to politicians. So why criticize politicians when the healing is in our court? I mean, if we just, just stop criticizing other people and start doing what the Lord told us to do, there'd be so much healing in the land and not even funny. But now think about it. I asked myself as we were studying this years ago on Wednesday nights, what's the problem? What, what, what's, what is the issue? What, what do we need to be like? Looking at as you are the problem, you are the reason for all the crime and the, the wickedness and the sin and the abuse and all. You, what, what what what's the problem? The devil, what he's doing, or what the church is not doing? That's right. What's the problem? What the devil's doing? Because we should be talking about the problem. And if the the real problem is not what the devil's doing, why are we always talking about what the devil's doing and people inspired by the devil are doing? Why don't we do what the Lord told us to do and we we wouldn't have to talk about that stuff? Because a lot of that stuff would get fixed. For sure in our lives, all of it could be fixed. Isn't this amazing? It's like, we, the church, and I looked up on the world map, the world map, whatever it is, the world population map has all these statistics real time. Just, you know, who, how many are born, how many, population growth and all that So Did you know, I didn't know, 7.9 billion people on the earth. Almost 8 billion. The clock just keeps ticking. Births, deaths, births, deaths. Um, but I looked on there and the largest group of people believing the similar or the same thing on the planet is Christians. 31% of the people on this planet, they say are Christians through all the best research they can do. Right under us is Muslims at 22%. And then it goes to some other categories of people. We are the largest, and I don't know if that includes all religions, but I think it's all religions that believe in God and Jesus Christ. And I'm thinking, wow, If no wonder. I mean, especially now. Oh, my goodness. We can change anything we want to change. We, I said, we can change anything we want to change. We don't like it. We change it. No, I, I, I'm going to get somebody else in office. We got Well, yeah, let's pray, right? Let's believe God. But let's say the flakiest people in the world gets in office. We can still change things because we're the church. And the Lord said we could. I mean, are flaky people bigger than the church? Is a, is, a, is a certain office higher than the office the Lord's called us to? Right. If we're really serious about loving God and loving people and helping people not be destroyed, we're going to take these things very seriously. But if we're just kind of caught up in the emotion of the world, and maybe we won't take it that seriously. So I put this down here. Put that scripture back on the screen. Can anybody see life-saving Um, instructions here. How many know if some people aren't healed, they're going to die young? If some people aren't healed, they're not going to make it through what they're going through. Right? So do we have the power to help people live and not die young? Do we have that power, church? It says right here we do. If his people who are called by his name humble themselves, pray, seek his face, he will heal our land. That includes people in the land. I wrote this down and I kind of put it in a question form because if I didn't, it'd be too strong. Okay. So here's what I wrote down. If God tells us, the church, to do something that would save lives, do you think we'll be accountable for those lives if we don't do it? If God tells us to do something that would save lives, do you think we'll be accountable if we don't do it? (laughs) Oh, come on, church. I'm in the same boat you are. This is serious stuff. And that's a powerful scripture on prayer because there's no disease, no demon, no crazy politician. There's nothing that can stop healing from rising in our land if we, not if they, If he, if she, if we do something, there'll be healing in our land, at least in our circle. A thousand may fall at our side and 10,000 at our right hand, but it won't come near us. If we have made the Lord, which is our refuge, even the most high, our habitation. Mm -hmm. Everybody say if. If. Powerful word. If. Man, that's a powerful word. So you like that scripture? Okay, turn to James chapter 1. Got to wrap it up here in just a minute, but turn to James... Oh, hang on. Um, Yeah, James 1. Let's look at James chapter 1. Powerful scripture on prayer. You're going to like this. James 1. Do you notice the common denominator in all these scriptures? Prayer, right? James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom let him ask of God that just might give if you're good enough. No, he gives to all men liberally. And he doesn't upbraid you and say, what are you asking that for? You don't need that. What are you asking that for? That's not for you. He said, if you will ask God for wisdom, he'll, he'll give it to you without any hindrance or upbraiding. But let him ask in faith. Why? Because that's the way the Lord designed it. We don't ask Wishing, hoping, waiting to see if he's going to answer. Probably be better to not even pray until you're ready to pray. He said, ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like the wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double minded man is unstable in all his ways. So it seems here that the Lord said, if you want your prayer to work, it's got to be more than words. You better be believing he heard you and that it's coming. Sometimes in this area of wisdom, it doesn't come immediately. So, so when you're done praying, you just go about your business expecting and believing that this wisdom's going to come to me. It's going to come. In other words, if you pray for wisdom on something that you just don't know how to fix a problem, you don't know how to get out of this mess you're in, you don't know how to deal with this person, you don't know how to deal with this situation and you say, God, give me wisdom so I can sail through this thing, get out of this thing, come up to the places that I know you want me to come up to. Help me to get back into the bright light again. Lord, I pray for wisdom in Jesus name. Amen. Let me tell you what you don't want to go back to. I just don't know what we're going to do about this. I just don't know what I'm going to do about this situation. I just don't know how we're going to What are you doing? You're acting like God didn't hear your prayer and you're not praying in faith. So don't think you're going to receive anything from the Lord. How about when you're done praying, you make a decision. I, I, I know what I, I, I'm going to know exactly what I need to know when I need to know it. Yeah. Wisdom is coming. I do know what to do. It's just my mind hasn't got it yet. It's very important to talk like your prayers are working because if we don't, we're wavering. If we're wavering, well, don't think you're going to receive anything of the Lord. This is why you want to be in the Word, have scriptures to back up your prayer life, be soulful. The Word of God goes back to the very first scripture we talked about. If His words abide in us, we'll ask whatever we will and it shall be done unto us. you got to love the Word if you want your prayer life to be hot and on fire. So one more scripture and then we'll start praying tonight. Turn with me to Matthew 5. Actually, for time's sake, we'll just start here next Wednesday. Um, We'll remember that, Matthew 5. We'll we'll go to the very first thing Jesus said about prayer in Matthew chapter 5 next week. But before we start praying tonight, there's something that came to me, actually while we were worshiping the Lord, about what we need to pray about tonight. Anybody interested in what I heard from the Lord on this? Tonight, we're going to pray... About accidents that are going to happen if we don't pray. I felt like the Spirit of God said, son, there's some accidents that the enemy set up. There's some things that are heading for destruction. There's some things that are heading for great pain. But if we will pray tonight, that course will be interrupted. And I I saw some little children not being severely hurt because of us praying tonight. I saw some little children not being severely hurt through accidents. Maybe something they put in their mouth, maybe, maybe fallen down or whatever. I, I saw some little children not being hurt, not, not having to go to the emergency room because we prayed tonight. So we're going to quote Psalm 91, uh, parts of it over who we're praying for tonight. You don't e- we don't even have to know who it is. Holy Ghost knows who it is. Let's just pray from our heart tonight. And if you pray in tongues, cut loose tonight for the children's sake. Cut loose tonight for those people's sake who are on the highways. Innocent families on the highway, right? Let's let's pray that those accidents don't happen. Let's believe, God, that the angels will bear them up in their hands lest they dash their foot against the stone. That the protection of the angels will be around them. So we're going to pray for protection tonight. We're going to pray that accidents... Things that are headed toward accidents are going to be interrupted tonight by the angels of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through our prayers. And Paul said, you need to be expectant that these things are happening so these things can happen. He said, all these things are going to happen for me according to my expectation, earnest expectation and hope. So we don't pray and not expect. If we're not expecting anything after we pray, why even pray? So you're ready to have a little different demeanor by the time this meeting's over? Some bad things that are supposed to happen are not going to happen. Because we're going to pray tonight. We're going to throw a wrench into the works of the devil and it's not going to work. Things will take a natural course if we don't pray. If we don't pray, things will take a natural course. And we know that natural course is presided over by the devil and demons, the God of this world. But when we pray, courses change. Angels intervene. Accidents don't happen. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab.